Are you running towards something? Or are you just running away from something that's uncomfortable in the short term? Well, in this episode of our open book series, that's exactly what Sandy and Dr. Mark Stevens are digging into. Mark is a family physician at Penn State and a retired Navy physician, and he's giving you the insights you need from the book, The Obstacle is the Way. Mark's insights are based on not only reading the book, but his experience applying the principles of the book to his world. So on this episode, Mark presents a framework for more objective perception and action that ultimately leads to better solutions to difficult situations. Let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> so good. Okay, so this is our first time running what we're going to call an open book series. And I think one of the things I'm most excited about is next to my bed, I have a whole stack of books. And then in the living room, I have a stack of books. I just have books all over. And I found myself thinking, I wish someone could just like tell me their one favorite book and how it's impacted them. So that's kind of the birth of this. I have no idea which book you're going to pick. So I feel like I'm joining a little bit of a surprise party. And um, thanks for being the first one up. Happy to do it. Awesome. We thought we'd keep this to about 15-ish minutes. So let's jump right in. And maybe we'll start by backing into the book. We'll have a little reveal in just a moment. But maybe we'll start by having you share either a story, a scenario, maybe some kind of challenge or observation you've had about something just simply not working through the lens of leadership. Yeah, thanks, Sandy. And what I'll do is sort of share life's narrative in the context of my own experiences and again, through the lens of my own existence. And I'm going to take us back to roughly 2016, 2017 timeframe as I was retiring from the Navy. And my last job in the Navy was just a terrific job. I was so fortunate to be the chair of the Department of Family Medicine at the Uniformed Services University, really with a seat at the table, uh, the leadership table of the university, engaged with the work at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, and really deep in conversations that made a difference in education and clinical care delivery and administration. And it was just terrific, not just locally in the D.C. area, but literally impacting things around the world as it pertains to the delivery of military health care. It was extraordinary. So after retiring, I knew that I wanted to focus on education. That's what drives me. It is my ikigai, my passion. But I also knew that I, to be a good teacher, you have to stay engaged in clinical care delivery. And so taking a job here in central Pennsylvania, being very used to, number one, being in charge of things, and number two, being used to a different type of healthcare delivery, it was almost like running into a wall coming here to central Pennsylvania, no longer, not only no longer having a seat at the table, but also more commonly being told what to do and how to do it rather than, you know, engaging in constructive conversations or having more influence in terms of directing how to do certain things, primarily in the context of healthcare delivery. And so it did for me, Sandy, really lead to self-doubt and uncertainty. Did I make the right decision? Am I, do I belong? Am I valued? And I would say of existential proportions and just trying to sort out that transition from one type of system in the military to another type of system in civilian healthcare 
in the world of both education as well as clinical care delivery. Okay, this is so good. I'm really curious to hear about your book, but let me see if I've got this right. So it almost sounds like whiplash, like a real stark contrast to go from having that seat at the table, deep in conversation, really connected to making a difference, and then shifting into a role that when you talk about being told what to do, that just sounds like whiplash is a visual I had. And especially to, I'm imagining to have self-doubt at mid-career would be really uncomfortable. So do I have that right so far? Yeah, no, I think you've got it. And other layers to the story include a new, a whole new series of metrics. You know, I think we all get judged on performance, and I think that goes with the territory. But there are a whole set of metrics in the civilian world that are just different from what I was used to in my military life. And some of them were completely outside of my control. And so being evaluated or assessed on practice parameters that I had no control over was really humbling and deeply unsettling for me. Okay, hang with me here. I just had a flash in my mind. Have you ever seen that book on the five love languages that people can use in relationships? Yeah. Okay, I just had a flash of like, when there's a whole new language, a whole new metrics, it's outside my control and something is just not connecting here. I just had a flash of that and how it can feel just really disorienting. So, awesome. Okay, so I, I got a sense of the pain point, really uncomfortable, really a sense of contrast, whiplash, self-doubt. Talk to us a little bit about a title of a book and why it was personally impactful to you. Well, thanks for that because, you know, one thing I want to try to always do is to be true to myself in the context, Sandy, of never telling anybody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Mm. And I'll start that with my own kids. And my kids throughout the years are probably sick and tired of me saying, you can only control what you can control. And so in really stepping back and evaluating, you know, priorities and talents, that sort of thing, I came across a book by a guy, Ryan Holiday. The book is called The Obstacle is the Way. And I think what really drew me to this book was it really comes from the traditions of Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius being one of the original Stoics. And sort of the flash on the cover insert is the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And so what it did for me, Sandy, was it allowed me to think about how much of this situation is of my own doing? And in reflecting upon that, reasserting what do I really have control over? And in that context, right now, I feel like I'm up against a wall, but how much of that wall is of my own creation? And how might digging into this book allow me to perhaps look at alternative solutions or new ways forward? Okay, I just want to breathe that in and embody it because for me, that sounds pretty doable when things are going well, but when there's self-doubt, contrast, whiplash, that's just a whole nother vibe. So I am just sort of taking that one in. Talk to us a little bit about maybe an example of how you're able to apply that or even a counterintuitive idea of how you're able to practice that. Thanks, because I think at the time I was asking myself, I think the easy thing is at times, like, let me look for something different. Right now, this job, this relationship, this conversation, this interaction isn't working for me, so I'm going to move away from it. And so 
in that context, I was asking myself, if I'm feeling like I want to move away from something, am I running towards something else or am I actually running away from something that is just uncomfortable in the short term? And I thought that was really valuable space to think about that, you know, I really want to run towards something that I love that I can embrace that will return the same in kind versus, you know, yuck, I'm just running away from something that I'm finding momentarily unpleasant. And so, you know, for me, the book centers really around three core themes. And those themes are, I'll just start with the first theme of perception. And so it really, again, challenged me to start all over again and look at, to the best of my ability, the situation through a new set of glasses or from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And just really helping me to refocus how I not only saw, but how I understood or perceived the current situation. And predictably, I think it's human nature to make a little bit more out of situations than really exists. Uh, There's so, you're touching on so many points. I mean, one of the things pop into my mind is as people, we just have a need to make meaning out of things. And I love the way you're suggesting like, okay, the way I'm making meaning out of this now is not working for me, my team, my family. So really almost like unplugging from that, pivoting and imagining what are some others, you say perspectives or ways I can make meaning out of this. I love the way it's you're really positioned to be empowering to you and others, not something else. Well, thanks, Sandy. And I, I love the concept you raise here too about meaning making, because I think that is just a core human need and really central to who we are. And that is one of the early tenets of the book is to look at what meaning we assigned to different elements in our life, whether that is a relationship, whether that is a job and so forth. The book, I think, does a pretty nice job of trying to tease out ration and emotion. And I found myself perhaps looking too far into certain things and in such a context being a tad emotional about it, mm-hmm. rather than looking through it really through a clinical eye, you know, which I'm trained to do, a more objective eye, I'd like to think that just a situation is, it is neither good nor bad per se, the situation just is, why am I assigning a value or an emotion to that as I try to make meaning of what's going on? Hmm. Wow. I am learning a lot right now. I'm struck as you talk about this, maybe as we have a closing one or two questions, I'm wondering if there's a specific moment that comes to mind where you were able to apply this learning and actually experience a shift, if there's a a specific moment that you're recalling. Yeah, so I think there are. And some of it, I would say, was action on my part, and some of it is just the way life turns out. And, And I think, you know, the action on my part, so really the three core elements of the book are, the first is this perception, you know, just really looking at how we perceive a situation. But then to your question, the second element is action. So I think by taking a close look at a perception of a situation, it allowed me much more objectively to ask for some changes in responsibilities and clinical care delivery in particular. And knowing that that probably wasn't going to create an immediate fix, but it would at least be an intermediate state towards contentment and joy. And so that action step of just simply, you know, shifting around responsibility, shifting around actually practice location and engaging in practice with a different group of colleagues was really, really helpful. And so I, mm-hmm. I think 
that owning what we can, controlling what we can, thinking about what we want, and then acting on that. And again, in a rational way was for me really, really helpful. Okay, I've got a picture in my mind of like a roadmap of how people can actually map out things like this. And I'm really grateful for you reframing how when something seems overwhelming or daunting, maybe taking that first step or that next step, we don't have to solve it all now. And really good examples of how you went about that. I'm wondering maybe two closing questions and you could answer one of them or both of them. I'm wondering how might you summarize this book in a few words, or perhaps if you were to imagine building some kind of cheat sheet, like two or three takeaways, you obviously just gave two of them from the book, but if you have any other takeaways you'd like to recommend. So summary and any other takeaways you'd like to offer. Yeah. So by way of summary, I think I would say greet obstacles with energy persistence, deliberate process, and a strategic vision. Energy, persistence, a deliberate process, and a strategic vision. And I do think that that helps in the context of a map and the metaphor of a map that you suggest. And then I guess another thing I would share is it's important to first see the situation as clearly as you can and then act as correctly as you can within your core values, acting on, again, ration and thought rather than pure emotion. And then finally, you know, you just have to endure and accept the world as it is. You, you know, there is no such thing as perfect. As they say, the enemy of good is better or the enemy of good is perfect. So seeing clearly, acting correctly, enduring and accepting the world as it is. I can hardly believe how much I can learn in 15 minutes, and I am really struck by this bumper sticker in my head, greet obstacles with energy. That is a game changer. I'm thinking of a situation in my life right now where I could certainly experiment with that. I want to thank you so much for this conversation. You have an innate way of being so person-centered and soulful while being so practical, tactical, and pragmatic. Thank you for this time together. The pleasure is always mine, Sandy. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for tuning in. Do you like this open book series we're trying? So it would mean the world to us if you left us a review or rating where you listen to podcasts. And if there's a book you'd like us to cover, just send us a quick email at support at sandyscottllc.com with podcast in the subject line. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, here's to leading and living on purpose.